Welcome back to another episode of The Long and Short of It with Genesis CEO, Jim Long. Jim, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. Market continues to struggle. Can you reflect on that? Yeah, it's pretty obvious that the market, the price of pigs is below the cost of production. It's not good at all. Uh, the cutouts aren't high enough. Retail prices are still extremely high. Uh, they haven't moved down from the record. They haven't moved down significantly from the record they were in the summer. Retailers are making a big margin. The upside for that, from my perspective, is we can move cutouts up pretty quick because you know they got lots of margins to absorb it at the retail level. The one good thing is, as I would observe, the Iowa Southern Minnesota weights have dropped three pounds in the last two weeks in total, which is a reflection of more picks. I mean, picks being pulled ahead. There's nothing weather-wise that would lower weight. So I think the combination of packers looking for picks and producers moving picks, we're pulling picks ahead. Once you kill them, you don't have them anymore. I mean, up for the last three weeks, in the last two weeks that we had held the weights, it would have been probably about 350,000 less market hawks, maybe 400,000 that went, would have gone to slaughter. And, you know, get 400,000 less pigs going to slaughter, it would have probably uh, moved the hog price up uh, maybe a significant amount. So at some point, you know, as I use the dollar hit the end of the chain, the weights go down and they, the kill be left. And if we get lower less still, what about Spain's market hog price? Yeah, last a week ago, I was with people from Spain, uh, integrator. Uh, they came to visit us in Canada, uh, Genesis. Uh, last week, when they were with us, the, uh, the Spain hit a record high price, highest price in history for market hogs. Uh, right now, they're about $85 per head higher than the U.S. market. Uh, combination of they just got less pigs, there's less pigs in Spain going to slaughter, less pigs in all of Europe. Um, you know, supply and demand. One of the things that was very unique, they showed me the the records of uh, kind of like the national record keeping system similar to Meta Farms or Pig Champs, about a million and a half thousand of data or they say are in it. But uh, we need to finish mortality for the last few months. 14% in Spain, some mortality similar to the U.S. at 14%. The wean definitive mortality has gone up from about 9%, maybe close to 10%, you know, up the last couple of years to uh, 14 uh, A lot of it just, well, a lot of it, they'll say when I ask the reason, is the uh, pulling of antibiotics and copper sulfate out of the feed. Uh, Things are just dying. And one thing about when you hear 14%, that means half the people are higher than that. So you do the numbers on it, it would translate into 3 million less hogs versus like 9% wean to finish mortality. It, and we're going to see that, I would expect, as the antibiotic copper sulfate comes out across Europe, it's part of what's going on everywhere. I mean, I read today where... Uh, Germany's slaughter last year was down almost 10%. There's less pigs in Europe. That's going to be very supportive for the U.S. price. The pigs, the, they won't have the pork to export. They won't have the pork to send to Japan. They won't have it to send to Korea. They just 
So we're just starting 2023. What's one reason for optimism? Less pigs all over the world. Less beef. The poultry, the broiler industry stopped any, basically they're running at numbers similar to another year. So you're just going to have less meat protein everywhere. And, you know, it's like, it's like Spain. You have less pigs, price goes higher. <laughs> it's, it's very inelastic demand. Uh, yeah, and I like body like for so what about mood at the trade shows? Let's start with Iowa pork. Sure. Um, you know, people, nobody's really happy, okay? This industry has been a grind. Uh, it's like COVID, uh, disease levels, labor issues, cost, inflation, interest rates. It's just not too much to be too happy about. And, you know... People are kind of hanging in there more than thinking about how wonderful this is. And so that was a couple of weeks ago, sliding to Ohio Pork Congress. What was happening there? Yeah, I was at Ohio the last couple of days. Uh, good turnout. Um, good turnout of people. Very, very well run. Uh, Congress they run. And uh, had a number of speakers. I thought it was very interesting. The uh, the uh, I was able to take in the talks by the PIC's global director of product sustainability, Baker Banks Baker. It was a very good talk about things. A lot of it had to do with the merits of gene editing. Uh, I guess I listened to his perspective on things. Certainly, it's in the best interest of PIC to get gene editing approved. Uh, afterwards, he came with kind of look for me to talk to me and would like to convince me that I would think that I would support gene editing. I I still have really ish, real big issues about consumer acceptance because of the surveys I saw. The Iowa State survey shows 65% of women don't want to buy gene editing in his in his presentation. You know, he said 45% were favorable towards gene editing, which means 55% aren't. When I had the discussion with him, I said, okay, so Europe is now basically gene editing is genetic modified. It's considered genetic modified in Europe by ruling of the European Union Court of Justice. I mean, they're basically...
have more things, but we all go broke. I mean, I don't know. I think uh, I asked I asked Brian Humphreys if he spoke later, and he talked about NTPC supporting. He's the CEO of NTPC. He spoke and in his conversation, in his talk, he said that uh, the NTPC supporting gene editing. And I have a lot of respect for Brian. I think he's brought a lot of new energy to NTPC. But anyway, I asked them uh, why NTPC is supporting gene editing. And he said it's because we want to support science. And we believe in science. And, and I appreciate that perspective. But I don't think we can just look at things just as simple as that. we got to be able to sell this product. And if if we get if we lose demand, the economics because of the consumer resistance because of GMO gene editing, the cost could be major for as an industry. And I haven't really seen any work by the National Pork Board or NTPC where they've really looked at this in a fair and measured way, what the implications are. I wish they would. I'm not against science. I'm against not being able to sell pork. That's my fear. And maybe, you know, that's my perspective. And I haven't had any, I can't figure out where anybody really has seen it. I mean, every survey I've seen so far says consumers aren't ready for it. So um, maybe it'll change. But can we take the, what's the risk for our industry versus the reward? That's the problem. And I think it keeps going back to you with better tasting product. If that's what people want, that's why people go out to eat. That's why people cook. And yeah, well, I guess I find it very interesting at the you know the industry's meetings. Nobody addressed the driver of demand. How do we make a better product? We play. We talk a lot about defensive things, but how do we drive demand? And drive demand is driven by taste. And what are we doing about that? Because I, I, yeah, I, I think, I think it's something. As I say, I don't. I go to all these meetings and I listen to talk. People talk, and nobody really talks about how do we drive demand? How do we improve our consumption level? It seems like mostly defensive things. That's my observation. So really good, uh, really good information, Jim. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it a lot. Have a good day, everybody.